Hey, it's Lauren. Thank you so much for listening to The Afterlight. Enjoy the episode. This episode has been brought to you by my free masterclass. Reduce your work hours by half without playing catch up on the weekend. So basically, I am giving you an opportunity to grab your ticket for a free masterclass. So in 50 minutes, that's five zero, you'll be able to stop overextending yourself without being racked with guilt. You will be able to create some space to stay on task. You will start saying no to requests. And I actually teach you how to do this. And you will unlock the secret to reducing your work hours by half without playing catch up on the weekend. It's a free masterclass. It costs you absolutely nothing. All the details are on my website at rawrawconsulting.com. That's R-A-H-R-A-H consulting.com. Or in the show notes, there's a direct link. Just click on free masterclass and grab your ticket. I can't wait to see you there. Right, Lauren Grace here and welcome to the show. I'm joined today by Katie Beecher. She's a licensed professional counselor and medical and emotional intuitive with over 30 years of experience. She's been featured in Goop, Kourtney Kardashian's website, Poosh and Miranda Kerr's Cora Organics blog. Yes, girl. Katie has a unique way of working with clients. She creates a detailed, individualized, physical, emotional, and spiritual report and symbolic painting before ever seeing them, talking with them, or seeing a photograph. Katie will be launching her new book, Heal From Within, An Intuitive Guide to Wellness in early 2021. And she's joining me today to talk about her gift as an emotional and medical intuitive and healing from within. Katie, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you for inviting me. So we have a lot to get into on the uh, on the show today. So much to jam pack into an hour, but I'm pretty sure you and I can at least get a good start on it. So Definitely. before we get into you know kind of the nitty gritty about you know what an emotional and medical intuitive is and a bit about your journey, I would love to hear a bit about how your spiritual journey began, and when did you realize that you were intuitive. Yeah, um, great question. So I think I always knew, even as a really, really little kid, that I knew things about people and knew things about adults. I could kind of read my parents' feelings. Um, you know, I remember just feeling like a really old little kid. I, I remember being like three and looking up at my parents after they had some dumb fight about eggs and saying, these people are not equipped to raise me. Like I have to do it myself. <laughs> so <laughs> I don't have a lot of childhood memories, but I remember that. Wow. Um, yeah, and I would just, you know, tell them things about our family members or friends or whatever, and they'd look at me like I had three heads, you know, like, how do you know that? Um, and so I always just, I, I always was super sensitive, you know, still am, which doesn't always make life easy, but. No. Um, around the age of 10, when The Exorcist came out, um, I, was, I was terrified by that, by the way. I never saw the movie, but just at that time, the music was on radio, and we had radios then. And, um, you know, the ads on TV, and it was really terrifying. And I started to pick up, or being conscious of picking up evil, which I always was able to do. I just wasn't as conscious of it. Right. So that made me not want anything to do 
with any intuitive abilities or picking up spirit or anything like that. Um, and then when I was 16, I developed an eat, well, 12, developed an eating disorder and depression. And mm -hmm. at 16, I decided either I was going to get better or I was going to end my life because it just was not a great way to live. Yeah. And um, before I, before telling my, or I ended up telling my parents eventually, but I just called their family doctor and let them know what I, let him know what I was doing. And he recommended a therapist, which I had a car and a job. So I went to and paid for myself. Wow. Yeah, it's divine intervention because who does that at 16 years old? And it wasn't anything special about me. It was just, I was meant to get better, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and do this work. And so I learned all about how to connect to intuition and self-love and self-acceptance. And it was a Jungian therapist, Carl Jung. And he's very accepting of, of intuition, of psychic abilities, of astrology, of everything. So she taught me to nurture all that and that how to be safe with it, how not to be afraid of it. And I knew at that point that I was supposed to write the book I wrote um, and, you know, use these the gifts and the gift of um, being able to get better to help people. So, wow. Yeah. So that was kind of, and even when I just worked as a therapist, I always worked really intuitively and always listened to guides and, and mm. intuition things. So. It sounds to me like from a very young age, you had this, well, obviously you were very resilient, but you also had inner knowingness. Yes. What do you yeah. think? Do you think you were just born that way and you just somehow that gift just continued to grow? Uh, or do you think that, you know, at 16, you were also given the, the tools and the skills to kind of connect with that? I think we're all born with it. I think we all have it. I don't think there's anything special about me and just because I make my living this way because this is what I do um, doesn't mean that somebody who does not doesn't have intuitive abilities or psychic abilities yeah I'd really like to think it's more common and less woo-woo than it is yeah and you know all the, the kids that I work with and and stuff it's just natural to them and then it gets just like self-esteem gets sort of pounded out of us. I think that gets pounded out of us too by people who don't understand it themselves or are afraid of it. So yeah. I think um, the other thing was being empathic, which is picking up other people's feelings and having these skills was a, a survival skill in my home because there's a lot of mental illness. Um, there was a lot of, you know, my, my father was very um, loud and scary and had a lot of issues and addictions and things. And in order to try to not feel abandoned or let down or hurt in some way, I really had to anticipate what these people were going to do before they did it. And that happens all the time in dysfunctional homes, you know, where you basically, if you don't protect yourself, you're going to get hurt more than you already are. Right. So. I do want to talk to you in a minute a little bit more about um, being an empath because I'm an empath too and I find it very challenging sometimes. Sure, um, sure. Yeah. But one thing that I, I did want to just kind of, I guess, point out is when you were talking about how, you know, you believe that we're all born with it, 
you know, I agree with you. It's so funny because we very often know the right decision that's going to support us. And yet we're somehow conditioned. I, I don't know if it's conditioning or it's just habit to just seek somebody else's counsel or to ask everybody else's opinion on what they think we should or shouldn't do. And, you know, it's funny, like sometimes I notice even for myself, if I'm spending time with somebody and I'm in the crux of making a choice and I haven't gone within and, you know, listened to my inner knowingness, I might actually pitch to them like, you know, here's what's going on. What do you think? Right. Uh, But then that's when confusion happens. So do you think that we're just kind of not really in, I don't know. And then I guess it opens up the whole discussion about sometimes we're just, um, you know, and I'm kind of using just like a blanket statement here. A lot of people actually like to avoid being alone and being with themselves. Yes. Um, I believe that first of all, we're not taught from young children to be intuitive and to trust ourselves because a lot of people have control issues based on fear. And if you have a young child like I was who knew all these things, who knew all these truths and we're exposing them and basically calling bullshit, then, you know, my parents didn't want to hear it because that was blowing their little illusion there. And when you call parents out on things or anybody out on things and they don't want to deal with their issues, they're going to blame you and they're going to deny it. So I think we really need to start teaching our kids about intuition and trusting themselves um, at a much younger age, if you do it at all, but you need to do it. Um, And what was the second part of your question? Because it was really, really good. Oh, I don't even, I don't even know. I guess I was just talking about how, you know, seeking outside counsel. Yes. So I also think that people are afraid to make decisions because they're afraid to be wrong. Right? Right? Yeah. Because, you know, you you own it if you make that decision. But if you can blame it on somebody else, it's not your fault. And also that if I work with people a lot on connecting to their intuition, and sometimes, like you said, they know what to do, but they're really afraid to listen because listening means changing it means speaking up for themselves. Yeah. It can mean getting out of a bad relationship. It can mean pissing somebody off. It, it means changing your life. So there's a lot invested in not trusting your intuition. Um, if you're around, you know, a lot of dysfunctional people who aren't nurturing you and, and things like that. Yeah. But one thing that we did learn from your story, and it's not uncommon because you do hear this, you know, that a lot of people have these revelations or whatever, is that when you do make those choices, then everything falls into place for you and you're supported along your journey, which is, which is critical. Another thing that came to me when you were speaking as well was just that, you know, we very often in society, for whatever reason, we almost believe that your age determines your wisdom level or your ranking. For sure. For sure. <laughs> so it's like, girl, Katie, little Katie, you're only three. What do you know? I've been on this earth 30 years. I know way more than you. Yeah. I mean, I have two daughters. They're 29 and 23 and they've always been wise beyond the years. And my husband and I have always said they're way smarter than we could ever be. You know, so, so we just learn from them all the time. And, and I think you need to do that because even from a, I don't even know if I believe in reincarnation, but 
things that have happened that have made me do that. You know, maybe they've been here a million more lifetimes than we have and they know way more. So yeah, it's a big, you know, assumption to, to think they really don't know anything. And kids are really good observers too. Yeah, exactly. And they don't have the filter of needing to, you know, put on a, a brave face or to, yeah. you know, like be diplomatic or. <laughs> right. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So, you know, um, yeah, it's, it's, uh, definitely a thing. I think adults need to give kids a lot more credit. Yeah, I agree with that. All right. Let's get into the discussion about, um, being an empath, because I, I would assume that, you know, with the line of work that you're in, a lot of it's based on intuition, um, connecting to yourself, that being an empath is actually one of the probably big skills that you do possess that can help you in your line of work. So I guess I'm still sort of trying to figure out, uh, and I think you can help me actually with this, Katie, because you've turned it into a career. So <laughs> sometimes I find it not helpful to be empathic at all. And I find it difficult to discern what's my stuff versus what somebody else's and also how to shield and protect um, I guess effectively, although I have been working on that and improving in every, every day in, in that sure. way. So yeah, I was just wondering if you could just kind of talk on that. You did mention that when you were growing up, um, your father had a very strong energy. I would imagine that, you know, for people who are intuitive and empathic, that when we get around a strong energy, um, at least for me, it's very challenging to be within my power and within myself within that. So yeah, I'd sure. love to hear your thoughts on all that. Yeah, I mean, this comes up in almost every session, so you are not alone. Um, and being, so being basically, there's, there's being empathic, which is being able to put yourself in somebody else's place. And then there's being an empath, which is actually being able to feel other people's feelings. Um, and, it can definitely be challenging. I think some of where it, it gets a little sticky and more difficult is if people think that that means that they've given up their energy to someone else or that somebody else has control over their energy. And that is not the case. So there are people who may disagree with me. This is just, you know, what I know in my experience, but I don't believe that anybody else has control over you or your energy unless you've left yourself vulnerable by being in a um, addiction state, you know, or if you are really mentally ill and you've lost that, that soul connection, right. but it, you know, in any other circumstance, um, you are the one in control. So I'm not a, big believer in the term like energy vampire and I know what people are getting at but that implies sort of a predator that you can't control and right. and I don't think that's the case so step one is accepting and understanding your own power and deciding that this is my energy this is my body these are my opinions and I don't have to give them up to anyone Somebody can be in a bad mood around me and I may pick that up, but then I can decide I'm not taking that on. Um, you know, I'm going to leave the room. I'm going to take some deep breaths. I'm going to remove myself from that situation. So understanding that you have power. 
one of the affirmations that I brought into my life, I don't know, years and years ago, because I'm a strong personality. And so sometimes I feel, yeah, I don't know, like sometimes I feel like I give a lot of power, energy sure. because it, I just am like that. But I just um, remind myself that I know how to be powerful in a way that benefits all people, like other people. Mm -hmm. And it's safe for me to be powerful in the way that I know how. So I just, if nice. anyone was connecting, there's an affirmation for you. <laughs> right? No, definitely. Definitely. Um, also, like you said about what are your feelings and what are other people's? Now, as much as I know about this subject and as much as I've learned fiercely how to guard myself and guard my energy and put up boundaries, there's still times I catch myself and go, where is that anxiety from or something? Yeah. And, yeah. and I have to say, and I always have people ask, Number one, what are you feeling? Identify your feeling and allow it. Because a lot of people just push them down. I don't want to deal with it. So allow it. And then ask yourself, like, what am I anxious about? What am I sad about? And if you cannot label something, you know, then it's probably not about you. You're probably picking it up from elsewhere. But if you can label something in your own life and say, oh, okay, I am preparing for a test or I am gonna go on a job interview or whatever and you can identify it and take ownership and say this is mine these are my feelings now right. what can I do about it you know um so sometimes there's situations we can't necessarily change but we can still help ourselves like we can go for a run we can go exercise we can meditate we can write we can do things for stress relief mm, yeah so I'm, I'm really big on empowering yourself. And I, I think that's super important. And then also tied into that is being connected to intuition and listening to that inner voice, because that will always guide you in a loving way. And if you're listening to that and connected with that, you have a shield and you don't need to get so much from others. If that, if that makes sense. Yes, because you're you're filling up your own cup, basically. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, yeah. You know. So I think um, being an empath is very real. It's but you're not giving up your power, um, you yeah. know, and you're not losing control. And you also don't need other people to uh, detox you, if you will. I guess. Mm. You know, I can teach people ways of grounding and, and I can, I have the ability to do energy healing, but somebody doesn't need me to put protection around them. They can do that themselves. You know, um, yeah. I just think we took, we give our power over to other people, uh, frequently. Yeah. yeah. I think sometimes too, we don't know better. I, I can honestly say that it was, wasn't until about six months ago that I actually interviewed a guest and I'll put a link to that in the show notes um, for a listener at home. Cause I did a whole episode just on shielding, but she taught me a bit about shielding and mm -hmm. I developed like three levels of shield for myself. And that's really helped me because I also like the news bothered me. Um, right. I would never go into like, she talked about going to a psychic fair in our conversation. I would okay. never have entertained anything of the like to do that. Mm. Um, and now I'm understanding a bit more about shielding. So, and I also realized too, that 
being an empath, it's like the more that I'm aware of it, the more that I can see that I'm feeling other people's stuff that doesn't belong to me. So I love how you're saying, where's this coming from? That's a really easy way to identify, you know, whether or not this stuff belongs to you. Um, how do you shield yourself uh, to kind of keep your own? Yeah. So, I mean, at this point, you know, after being a therapist and growing up and like, you know, I say I was raised by wolves, exactly. uh, you know, I, it's, it's kind of second nature. And I just, I've learned to turn my abilities on and off because if I kept open all the time, I'd, that would be frightening. Um, it's partly why I do my readings the way I do and doing a lot of prep before and then working with people. Um, but you know, I've kind of learned that first of all, the, the first step was connecting with my intuition and realizing that I wasn't alone anymore. So I had that, um, that partner in life, if you will, mm. that helped give me the strength to say, I can have my own opinions. I don't need to be you. I don't need to be influenced by you. So yeah. that was a big deal. Yeah. And, and then just, um, like sometimes if it's, if it's really intense, um, there's a little exercise I can teach your, your listeners. At ah. home. And it's to some, somebody else taught me this. I can't take credit for it, but to put your feet on the ground, whether you're sitting or standing and imagine your Hara line, which is your line of power that goes up from mother earth through your spine and up to the heavens. Take a deep breath in and imagine you taking in the power and protection of mother earth. As you breathe out, say to yourself, um, I am letting go of any entities, feelings, and thoughts and people that no longer belong to me and no longer serve me. And any version of that you want, you know, to do that exact. But then you just keep breathing in and out for as long as you want to. And sometimes you just need a few breaths. Other times you might, you know, need a few minutes of it. But you can go into a bathroom if you're at a gathering. You can do it in your mind as you're breathing. You can say it in your mind. You know, you can do it anywhere. So it's a really powerful, easy exercise to help you ground and be mindful and set up the shield. And, and as you do it, you can also, you know, shield yourself with white light and all that kind of good stuff as well. Yeah, I like that a lot because <clears throat> I think that sometimes we do feel like we need to overcomplicate it. And one thing that I know from speaking with people like yourself is that as long as your intention is clear on what you want to, what you're trying to do and what you want to achieve right. from that, that it, there's no wrong way of doing anything. So like right. you said there, and by the way, for our listener at home, I will put um, that little exercise in a separate episode as well. So you can go back and listen to it individually instead of having to fast forward to this section of the of our conversation. But, you know, Katie, you really just kind of encourage people to understand the process of that, but then to use their own language within that. The other thing that I really want to emphasize is I work with a lot of people who don't feel safe emotionally or spiritually or, or physically. And I fully believe that if we are, if we come from a place of love, if we're connected with love, then we are always safe and protected. Love is so much more powerful than any negativity or evil. And I know that from my own family, you know, I've overcome a lot of people who are pretty bad people who really wanted to hurt me and my family. And, and it was just keeping that love and, and realizing that, you know, I'm always 
protected and we all are we all have an army of angels and an army of guides and and people looking out for us yeah i think that's so yeah that's so critical and i think that you know exactly what you said there are all these people all well, these all these beings and entities that can support us and lend a hand if we just ask them to because we have free will therefore we need to put that intention and, and ask for that guidance so do you um connect with your guides and and your angels like is that something that you you know you kind of put that intention out to help you you know with your gifts constantly yeah that's how i live um it's it's how i do my readings it's how i live my life it's um you know how i've lived since i learned how to do it and i i kind of use the term intuition and guides interchangeably because i don't it doesn't necessarily matter so you know I, yeah it sounds yeah. very funny if you say to someone so my guides are telling me <laughs> especially right? if they're not open to it i was talking to my family yesterday and I, yeah, I just, I give the credit to myself, even though I know spirit is telling right, me right, these right, right, right. Yeah. I mean, there's, you know, exercises that I teach other people that I learned that saved my life that I do to this day, you know, so it's, um, and it's just, it's not hard stuff. You know, you don't need to be a medical intuitive to do it. Um, yeah. Can you so. give an example of one of those? Yeah, yeah, definitely. So this is from Jungian psychology, did not invent it. And the, a few premises of it, you can use this to talk to your intuition. You can use it to talk to your body. You can use it to talk to symptoms. Um, you can use it to talk to people who've passed. So multiple uses for this. And as far as the intuition, my, uh, Carl Jung's view of it was that it's this all-knowing force that loves you and accepts you completely and unconditionally knows everything about you, knows what's best for you. You don't have to do anything right or wrong. You're just there and it's always with you. Um, and it's always there protecting you, kind of like I've been talking about. So the technique is to physically write down either a question or your feelings um, or just, you know, thoughts and just sit and wait and direct it to your intuition, I'm sorry. And then just sit and wait for what you hear, feel, see back and write that down. And then write back to it. And then whatever you get in return, you write that down, write back to it, and you keep going for as long as you'd like. Now, sometimes I'll do it for five minutes, sometimes I'll do it for 20 minutes. And some examples are sometimes I'll just say, Do you have anything I need to know today? Um, or I will ask an actual question if I'm trying to decide something or figure out, you know, sometimes doses of. Of supplements or whatever. Um, sometimes I will just start writing like I'd write to a friend and ask for feedback. There's no right or wrong. It's when you do it in writing, it's especially powerful because you have to stop what you're doing to write. So you're not as distracted. You need to be where you are. <laughs> exactly. Um, the kinesthetic act of writing actually quiets a lot of those busy thoughts in our heads that distract us. And it, as you listen, you are also learning what the intuitive voice sounds like and feels like so that when you're not able to write, you can go out into the world. And when that presence is there, you can be like, oh, that's my intuition. I know who you are. That's cool. Um, when you're using it to talk to your body or symptoms, which I love, and I did this with my eating disorder, you talk to like 
I talked to my eating disorder as a friend. So it was, why are you here? How can, what can I do to help heal you? You know, what are you trying to tell me? Um, thank you for being here and making me have to change my life. Instead of, and always, you know, like being a warrior and fighting things all the time, it's looking at it like, maybe there was a damn good reason this is here. And for me, having that eating disorder was one of the best gifts I've ever gotten. Wow, that's so powerful. Ooh, and one thing that, thank you for sharing all that, Katie. That was wonderful. And I guess I just want to highlight to the listener at home as well, in case they missed it, because there was so much gold in that, uh, that you know, you had a real nugget of wisdom. I mean, the whole thing was, but when you were talking about paying attention to the responses that you're getting, uh, what came to me is that when I'm listening to my intuitive voice, when I ask a question, I actually take the time to listen. For me, the voice in my head speaks differently than I do to myself. Yes. So, yes. Yeah, so it speaks like um, simple, simpler words, that's for sure, with a bit of like longer spacing in between. And it doesn't overcomplicate anything. So I asked a question a while ago, and um, and I also asked this question multiple times because I really wanted a certain answer. <laughs> so over days and days, where I found myself going into, oh, is this you know a little bit of doubt? I would ask it again, and you know, at one point, I just got yes, 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 and I went, okay, I get it now. <laughs> you <Got> know. It. <laughs> Yeah, and I guess so it's like what you're saying is when you're taking the time to basically do a question and answer, have a conversation on a page, and when you're not judging the responses, that's a really big thing I'm sure you would agree with is not sitting there and going, why am I writing this? It's just writing it out without any kind of, um, I guess, agenda and any kind of, um, you know, blockages, like just really allowing it to flow. Um, yeah, that you pay attention to the way that that message is coming through. And then, like you said, you're able to discern in real, in your, in your day-to-day -day living, I guess, messages that come from maybe your ego side as opposed to coming from your spirit side. And what you said is a really important point because I always tell people these are the things that tend to trip people up. Um, one of them is thinking, well, I have to have lightning bolts and see angels if I'm talking to my intuition. You know, it, it has to be like this big, huge event. And a lot of time that voice just sounds like a different version of our own. Or yeah. we, we won't get a whole lot. You just get a few words, especially when you're starting out. Um, or you're, a lot of time people ask things like a future question, like where am I going to live? I don't really advocate for things like that because it's more, that's more of a, a psychic -y type of thing. Um, it's yeah. more useful for like living your life and stuff. Um, but people also get tripped on, tripped up on asking like, am I doing this right? Or is it just my own voice or just what I want to hear? Or, you know, there's so much judgment involved and judgment is a form of fear and that gets in the way of listening. Yes. Ooh so many good things in this conversation. I'm absolutely <laughs> loving talking to you. Um, okay, Katie, I need to bring up a point that you brought up earlier. You were talking about your eating disorder. And then when you were speaking, you said, thank you for being here. And I guess the thing that came to me is that very often I see and read things and hear people talking about, oh, we're going to fight that. Oh, we're going to, um, you know, the fight against cancer or whatever, the fight against this disease. 
dis-ease. Yeah. And so I guess I was just kind of wondering your opinion because I have always known that that was not the way to deal with something, um, to fight it. Um, I've always, well, I've been learning a lot, especially, but I do know that my truth is that you need to accept the moment as though you had chosen it, accept things as they are and not kind of create that sort of friction. So I was right. just wondering if you could comment on the whole concept of let's fight to eliminate this thing or yeah, just what your thoughts yeah. were on that. I love that question. I had Lyme disease and every co-infection under the sun at one point, which growing up in Connecticut, I learned, you know, learned I'd had it since I was a kid and was diagnosed in my forties. So my philosophy was to number one, not identify with it. I am not Lyme disease. Um, for me, I didn't want like want to use ribbons or want to wear a shirt that I had Lyme or, and I'm not putting anyone down who does that just for me, it didn't work Yeah, because I, I felt like I was taking ownership of it. I didn't use the word my when it came to my symptoms. I barely used the word Lyme unless I was talking to my doctor. Yeah, I just didn't yeah. want to go there. And instead of now fighting can mean a lot of things. And I did everything I possibly could to get better. Anything I needed to do spiritually, nutritionally, whatever my naturopath told me to do, I did. And yeah. and that could be construed as a healthy way of, of fighting it, if you will. Um, yeah. But I think what got me better was when I wrote to it and I said, okay, why are you here? You know, what are you doing? What is the purpose for this right now? Because it's really kind of scary and inconvenient and I'm not really into it, and, <laughs> yeah. you know? Um, so it told me that I was putting off writing the proposal to the book that it had told me that my intuition had told me to write when I was 16. And I'm like, okay, cool. That's a biggie. So having that spiritual connection, I really do believe helped me to heal because I've been recovered for a long time. Yeah. I think that if we are always looking at something like a disease as something that's bad that we have to fight our body kind of becomes our enemy and that's because we're always in conflict right right and um and also when i think of that and especially with the way that cancer and even a lot of lyme is portrayed it's like you can't ever heal from it you always have to wait for it to come back and, and I think that sets people up for PTSD and for failure and for massive freaking anxiety. So if it's this big monster that you have to fight that has all this power over you, um, again, that's not empowering you. So I think it's counterproductive to healing in a lot of cases. I mean, everybody needs to do what they need to do. Like, it's not great to succumb to it and just be like, well, I don't really care. I'm just not going to do anything or work on healing at all. Or, you know, like, that's not at all what I'm talking about, but I, I just think that um, a lot of traditional medicine goes about it in a counterproductive way, you know, with, with some of those terms and, um, and things, so. Mm -hmm. It's interesting because I read a lot of um, Eckhart Tolle, I talk about him on the show mm -hmm. a fair amount because for me, he, he changed my whole life and yeah, and you know, a lot of that is like we identify with you know, oh, I'm a daughter, I'm a friend, or my name's Lauren, or you know what I mean? I'm Canadian and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, 
I guess you could almost put sometimes ailments in the same sort of way that you identify with that ailment, but that's not who you are. You're the, the observer. I believe you're the observer behind that. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. It's kind of like seeing that that's different. It makes me really sad when I see people who just think that they are this damaged goods or that they have all this baggage because they have whatever issues they are. And, and they don't, it's like, it's hard to see beyond that pain. And it is really painful. And a lot of it's because they've struggled with it. But I work with so many people who are like, well, when I get better, I'm going to leave my shitty marriage. Or, or when I lose this weight, I want, I'm going to like open a business. Or when I do this, I'm going to do this, like be my true self. And I'm always like, no, it has to be the other order. You have to, if you want to heal or live your life, you need to start living. And maybe, maybe you can't run a marathon if you have an autoimmune disease, but there are things that you can do to enhance your quality of life. You know, if you want to exercise, there's, there's chair yoga, like there's always something you can do to like be more than just the pain that you're feeling. And yeah, it's also, we, unfortunately we tend to reward people um in a way for being ill or having problems and we mean we give them all the attention right (laughs) and for some of these people that's the only attention they've ever gotten you know it's really sad and it's like there's so many examples of like bad marriages or bad relationships but it's like they didn't have the courage to speak up or get out and once they got sick they finally started getting attention from people or they were taken a little bit more seriously or the husband had to stay home and take care of them or they got to quit the job they freaking hated you know what I mean it's like it brought about positive changes but instead of saying okay how can I use this as a positive to move forward get very entrenched in it yeah wow yeah yeah and listen to my sad story and let me tell you all about it. One thing you were talking as well too, when you were, you mentioned chair yoga, one thing that came to me was something that I learned from Oprah and Eckhart did a whole um, series. Yeah. And you probably know about it. Um, a new earth anyway, um, a new earth podcast, check it out. But one of the things that one of the callers called in and said that they had a disease and they understood that they weren't their disease and they wanted to know like kind of how to work around it. And he, you know, one of the things that he mentioned was almost what you said was um, talk about it with your doctor, but you don't need to talk about it with everybody else. And when you're having pain um, in your body, let's say, focus on a part of your body that doesn't have the pain and feel into that. So is that a strategy that you recommend as well? Absolutely. You know, absolutely. And just try to find things that do bring you joy, even if it's for five minutes, try to get yourself out of that pain mode, emotional, physical, or spirit. like, you know, it's, it's one of the things I love most about the type of individualized work that I do because it's, the whole person, it's identifying all of the possible root causes for issues and all of the possible ways to achieve wellness or to recover or to feel more spiritually connected or, you know, it's, it's looking at everything. And a lot of people will come to me with a symptom, not realizing that there's all these other things attached to it <laughs> that 
they either hadn't considered or didn't want to deal with. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I want to go into the conversation a little bit about affirmations. And one thing that I will say for our listener at home as well is that I have another podcast and I did an episode on mindset. So I'll put a link to that in the show notes. Um, you might find that helpful. It's just um, another way of getting clear on the messages you're telling yourself and then an exercise on replacing that with affirmations. So, you know, take it or leave it, but I just thought that's a tool for our listener. But I wanted to know, Katie, about your opinion on Louise Hay's book, Heal Your Life, and whether or not that's another avenue that you kind of encourage people to, to look at. Um, and if you could explain that. I, I'm happy to give context yeah. as well if you don't want to. Yeah, I mean, for sure. Um, what a lot of people don't realize is that people like Louise Hay, and Tara Brock and all of these people that we talk about now, the Carl Jung was talking about this, you know, decades before. So that I, I love that book because it's all about, okay, this is the part of the body and this is the characteristics of it emotionally and spiritually. Um, this is what it might relate to in terms of a trauma. You know, this is why if you have reproductive issues um, and it's probably not an accident. Let me start that over. If you have trauma to your second chakra, like sexual abuse or something like that, mm -hmm. it's not an accident that you develop, you know, reproductive issues or fertility issues or yeah. endometriosis. It's like, there's a connection with all of this. So yeah. I love that she made it so simple yeah. to look up. I think it's, it's a good place to start. Um, yeah. And everybody has their own individual things. For sure. Um, but no, I really, you know, it's, it's all Jungian, it's all symbolic. And I just, I, I love it. It's how, you know, I do a lot of my work. So. Yeah. And then, like you said, I mean, when I, cause I have heal your, heal your body, uh, heal your life, sorry. And, um, or is it heal your body? I'm drawing the mind blank right now. Anyway, I have Louise's book you as can well. Heal your life. You can heal your life. It's called. Okay. Yeah. There you go. Um, and one of the things that, you know, I got when I was reading that as well, sometimes the affirmations are a bit long for me to remember the entire thing. So I just put it into my own language, which exactly. is something that you mentioned before is just kind of finding what, what's going to work for you. Cause what's going to work for Katie isn't going to work for me. And what's going to work for me isn't going to work for Katie. Doesn't mean that there isn't a kind of a compromise. Right. That's actually the perfect solution for our listener at home. And also recognize the negative messages you give yourself and the negative things you do, and then just try to reverse them. Like if you're looking in the mirror and you're like, oh my God, my thighs are really fat. Or how about just my body is beautiful or my body's perfectly acceptable the way it is if you can't go for beautiful, you know, like tailor what you need for you. Um, yes. And yeah, it's, I'm, I'm really into individualization as you can tell. <laughs> Yeah, I am too. And in that mindset exercise, I talk about that exact same thing. So that's brilliant. I'd love to know, you know, it's so funny, Katie, because I do prepare um, for every interview. I always have a list of questions and all these things. And I basically haven't really asked anything that's on my list. <laughs> we only have 15 minutes left. But that being said, we're just going with the flow and I'm loving it. I'm sure I can take a few things off here. I would love to know a little bit about how you've developed your gifts over the last 30 years or so. I know that you sure. mentioned that, you know, basically you've listened to yourself. You've kind of, you've almost seen the lesson within things. I know that um, 
the therapist that you worked with was really instrumental in, in your whole life and then the practices of young as well. So yeah, is there, do you continue to develop your gifts even now or are you kind of ready? You just already know your stuff. Oh no, no, no. I mean, absolutely. Um, a lot of it has to do with being open and with trust. Um, for the listeners, I would encourage you to check out any um, spiritualist churches possibly nearby. They have medium readings at church. There's a lot of inexpensive workshops that teach you how to grow your gifts and to trust them. For me, it was the more I accepted that this was there, um, accepted kind of the weirdness, not weirdness of it, and just allowed it to happen. Um, and then learned how my guides talked to me, like what their language was and what it meant, the more I could trust it. And then that has naturally allowed my gifts to grow. And um, and even just, I'm always really open when I do my readings to what comes through because they're different for everybody. But um, yeah. there, I will never know even close to everything, dear God. Like I'm a medium too, and I don't get to use that as quite as much as you know the medical intuitive stuff. Yeah. Um, but when I was part of the spiritualist church, I took medium development classes and. So a lot of it is kind of being open um, and it's, there's the, you know, the part, like the work part I do. So I do it for other people that, that, but then there's the own spiritual part of my life that I think is really, really important to nurture and keep growing from. And like, before I start every reading, I get nervous and, you know, I've done freaking thousands of them and I shouldn't, but, and I always get amazing feedback, but it's always like, I really care and I want to do a good job. And of course, yeah. And can I really do this? Like, this is crazy. Is this really happening? And, you know, like. Yeah, because sometimes it's it's magical. Like one of the things that I joke about is that if, if um, like some of the content on this, on this podcast, it's like it belongs in a freaking sci-fi film. But oh. I believe the whole, I believe all of it. So that's the, it's so funny. It's so amazing. That's nobody, you know, people ask me all the time, like, you just know my name and age. How the hell did you write four pages of stuff that I literally could have wrote myself and you knew nothing? And I'm like, I have no idea. <laughs> like, I don't know. Yeah. Can you tell me about that process actually? Cause that was one of my questions that I wanted to know. So basically somebody books an appointment with you. What information right. do you get from them? And then you sort of streamline, you channel the, the material, kind of like you were talking yeah. about with your automatic writing. So I obviously have to have their name. Um, I have to have their, their email and their contact information for the Skype or FaceTime or whatever the hell we're going to do. Um, and then I ask for their age and I ask how they found me. And that is it. And I don't want to know anymore. And the more I know, the more I can screw up my guides because then I start thinking. So I have a template that I've created with um, the chakras on one side with descriptions for people so they know what they are, emotional and spiritual and physical. And then I just, I start with an oracle card to get me out of my own head, to get me started, put me in a direction. And then I just ask my guides to give me whatever information these people need. And I just start typing away. And um, then I create a symbolic painting. Um, again, I just ask them, where do I start? Sometimes it's a person, sometimes it's an animal, sometimes it's a plant, sometimes it's who the hell knows, so just let it happen. And then um, I send that to them before the reading, before we meet, um, I should say before we meet, so I can't BS any of it, it's there. 
you know. Um, and then we go over the whole report, we go over the painting, we I get their feedback. I don't want anybody substituting my intuition for theirs. You know, if things don't right. fit with them, I always say, okay, let's figure this out. Yeah. Um, yeah. I get information for their loved ones who have passed or for the loved ones now. So it's a complete thing. And um, we just, you know, create a plan for moving forward. Um, I work with a lot of doctors and naturopaths and other practitioners who I refer people to to help enhance what I did and to also do testing, you know, to, I can't diagnose legally or ethically. Um, so, you know, I'll pick up symptoms, but I'll be like, hey, this person can, can do testing for you. This person can do this because I want you to, you know, know for sure what's going on. Yeah, um, exactly. So it's, it's really, um, it's quite a process. It's a, it's a team effort between me and the client and whoever else they want to involve in, in our, our guides. I teach people how to connect to their intuition. Um, yeah, it's kind of, kind of, kind of like this. I just let it go in the direction it's going to go. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and you trust the process, which is always yeah. the big word that comes up when I'm speaking with people, they trust, they trust yeah. what they're getting and yeah, they just know it to be true. And like you said, if there's something that you've said, you know, like, Hey, I noticed something's gray. And they're like, well, I don't know. identify that color. Oh, okay. Well, like, what about dark white? <laughs> or, just, or just how could it be symbolic? You know, yeah. maybe it's not, um, or like a really great quick example. Um, I was doing a reading on a 12 year old girl and I heard teeth enamel. My humanness said, Oh, she must have, you know, a lot of cavities or whatever. So talked to her mom and I, all I wrote down was tooth enamel on the report because I know better than to interpret at this point in my life. And she said, no, she has exceptionally strong tooth enamel. So right. I don't always know what I'm getting or why. I just know enough to put it down. And sometimes I'll say, I'm not sure what this means, you know? So, but I just know, put it down, we'll figure it out and go from there. Well, that's so cool. So just before we wrap up, let's talk a little bit about the book that you're going to be launching that's coming out this year. Is it still on Actually, track to come out? Oh, next year? Yeah, it's coming. I'm, I, if that's in the bio, I have to <laughs> correct that. It's, um, <laughs> it's like January, February of 2022. Okay, perfect. So it's an intuitive guide to wellness. So and you talk about healing from within. So I guess it's really in line with everything we've been discussing over the last hour. But can you tell me a little bit about, you know, that book? And yeah, do you believe yeah. that we can heal everything from within? Um, I would love to. It's a combination of teaching people to connect to their intuition. And then I basically take them through a reading like they were doing it on themselves using all of my techniques. Um, my templates, you know, everything I use, I educate them about the chakras on how to interpret what's going on in their body based on chakras. There's questionnaires, there's all kinds of things to, um, to prioritize, you know, there's all kinds of things going on. Where do I start? Um, so I just, it's sort of, my husband calls it Katie Beecher, the home game. Um, but it's kind of like being your own medical intuitive. And then the solutions and, and tips and things like that are based on info from my guides, my experience as a counselor, and a lot of really concrete uh, techniques from Jungian psychology too. So it's a really comprehensive book, um, but there's a lot written about Jungian stuff, but it's not a lot written about how to use the techniques 
uh, in the real world. So, um, so yeah, it's kind of like, it's not a substitute for a, a reading. However, you can do a whole lot of healing and learn a whole lot about yourself, you know, through that process. I'm really excited about it. Yeah, it sounds awesome. And one thing that I really love about what you've been saying over the last hour is you really seem to encourage people to find their own truth. And, you know, I think that having a reading now and again is super fun and sometimes important to get an objective point of view from someone. Uh, but at the same time, it's so critical and key that you are able to help yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, and it sounds to me like that's a big part of how you empower people is to find that within themselves and that your book is just an, a natural kind of extension of that process. It's, it's huge. It's everything. You know, it's what I learned when I was recovering is with intuition, self-love and self-acceptance, you can heal from just about anything. And I really do yeah. believe that, you know, so if it's how I healed was authenticity, you know, and all the stuff that I've talked about and self-love. And, and I feel like that is my number one most important job when I work with people is helping them connect to themselves and self-love. Yeah, I agree. And, um, yeah. And if, if self-love is something that, you know, is a foreign concept, you know, um, it doesn't have to be like, that's the thing. Absolutely. It can start with, I kind of like my eyelashes. <laughs> exactly. That's exactly. And then next thing you know, you build up that, that it's almost right. as though you're building up the muscle and then you go, you wait, really I love my eyes. Right. Right. <laughs> it's absolutely. You know, there's, yeah, it, it really is about that. So, um, so yeah. I'm, All right. I think it's so good. We've got just a few minutes left, Katie. Um, there are a lot of things that we didn't get to in this show, but I think the show just went in the the best direction like it was meant to go in. Obviously, we both trust that process. I would like to know if there's anything that I didn't ask that you wanted to talk about. And also, uh, please feel free to let people know how they can get a hold of you. I'll put a link to all your stuff as well uh, in the show notes so that there's an easy access for people. But yeah, I'd just love to know um, your final comments or anything. Um, Oh, I think I enjoyed this immensely. You know, and I do always let my my guides kind of take over and tell people whatever they they need to hear um, or want to hear. So I think this has been great. Your questions have been great. It's been wonderful talking to you. you and um, so, no, I guess just encourage people to check out my website, which is katiebeecher.com, B-E-E. Um, there's a lot of different articles and uh, and blog posts and interviews and all that kind of stuff where you can learn more about me and the process and even um some of the techniques that i talked about there's some articles about those on my website um and if you would like to make an appointment basically just go through the website as well um follow me on instagram and facebook and i'm always really great about getting back to people with dms or or emails or or things like that so um, i welcome questions and what you said too is that you know you can do all this stuff remotely. I know that in the U.S. Yeah. right now, um, that you guys are still in lockdown. Are you? No, um, it kind of depends on the state, or it depends on the area. But most most places are pretty open. I live in Florida, which is kind of the wild west. So you oh, know, yeah. <laughs> okay, yes, it is. Um, but no, I do. I see people all over the world um, yeah. on video chat. So 
Yeah. yeah, perfect. That's so awesome. That's one of the powerful things about the internet and how I can be in Australia talking to you over the, in right? the US, which is just you're in Australia. Oh, so cool. I am. Yes. I am yeah. so jealous. It's one of my favorite places in the entire world. So yeah, okay. that's why I look super tanned and I've got the air con on. I've got a tank top on today. <laughs> awesome. I love it. Yes. Well, thank you so much for being on the show. Um, I would love to invite you back. No pressure when you're ready to launch the book. Cause I think yeah. it would be so, such perfect timing. And, um, you know, it's just, I think that, you know, I'm like you, I'm in line with your vision in the sense of like empowering people to find their own power. That's always been something that I've been, you know, passionate about as well. So I'd love to speak with you further on that. I would love that. Thank you so much, Katie. Thank you. Hi, thanks so much for listening to the episode. I hope you enjoyed it. If you did, please leave us a review where you listen to your podcasts and share it with your friends. Thank you. New episodes every Thursday.